Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. Hello, Kingdom Leaders. This is Arlene Green, and I'm so glad you've joined us for another episode of Kingdom Leadership, where our mission is to disciple, meaning train, equip, prepare, encourage you so that you can accomplish all, A-L-L, that God has called you to do, and that you're able to do it in a way that brings God glory and draws other people to Him. I am so glad you've joined today. I am super excited about this episode. It's part two in the series, The Not-So-Secret Keys to Success. Part one was leading in challenging times, and this part, part two, is named Back to the Basics. Back to the Basics. So if you'd like to access previous episodes, you can go to our website, IamAKingdomLeader.com. And along with the website, you can also contact me with questions or just to say hey by sending an email to our team at agreen, A-G-R-E-E-N, at lifechangingfaith.com. And I hope you all write me. I look forward to hearing from you. Um, But let's jump into today's topic, the not-so-secret keys to success, and this is part two, back to the basics. You know, I mentioned last time in studying for this series, God showed me something new. You know, that he really encapsulated the secrets to leadership success in a few verses in one chapter of Joshua. So I named this episode Back to the Basics because sometimes I feel like we can make life more complicated than it has to be. God has made success simple and plain in this passage. I'm not saying it's easy, but it is simple. But a lot of times, because we don't want to do the basics or we don't want to do what God has told us to do, we're looking for out-of-the-box ways to get things done. And You know, even though God has already instructed us on how to do it, and he knows us, I know he knows me, and I think that's why he keeps it so simple, you know, but I have found that when I don't want to do something, I can create all kinds of reasons, all kinds of crafty ways to try to accomplish the same thing in what feels like a different or for me an easier way. I was thinking about this the other day. I mean, fad diets work for a reason for most of us, including myself. Eating less and moving more will cause me to lose weight and be healthier. I know this to be a fact. But we don't want to do it that way. No, give me the cabbage soup diet. (laughs) And I've done that before. I mean, ate cabbage soup for like, I think it was supposed to be 10 days. It probably ended up being two. But nonetheless, the idea that, yes, I'll just eat cabbage soup for 10 days instead of just being consistent and eating right and working out, you know, back to the basics. So in today's passage, you know, God God is instructing Joshua and all of us with some foundations, some basics to success if we just do them and put them in place. And so today I really want to talk about three of them. 
In previous episodes, we talked about the first six verses of Joshua in chapter one. So if you missed those, please visit the website, IamAKingdomLeader.com and get caught up. But as a quick refresher and just to set the context, Joshua is a new leader. I mean, he's been a leader, but he's new in role and he's a new leader in transition. Moses passed away, who was who was leading prior to him, not long ago. And before he died, God had Moses named Joshua as backfill to lead the people. So Moses has now passed away. Joshua's in role. And God is giving Joshua instructions for his leadership journey. And it's an exciting journey, right? Joshua is going to lead the people of Israel to inherit the promise that was initially promised to Abraham over 400 years ago. So with that context, I want to read the entire passage um, of verses 5 through 10, and then I'm going to jump to chapter 11 and read verse 15. But I want to read the whole passage so that you get the context. But for today, we're really going to focus on verses 7 and 8. But let's start at Joshua chapter 1, verse 5. And it says, God is speaking, and he says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you? Question mark. Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, and it goes on to say what he said to the people. Um, and then moving to chapter 11, Joshua chapter 11, verse 15 says, as the Lord commanded his servant Moses, so Moses commanded Joshua and Joshua did it. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. Praise God. And he did everything he was told to do. So there are three lessons I want to talk about from verses 7 and 8. And the first lesson is we must be who God created us to be. You know, in this passage, I was reading it just verses 5 through 10, and God reminded Joshua to be strong and courageous, or to be strong and very courageous, three times. So, you know, what would you think if right before you move into a new challenger role, God sends you a word to be strong and courageous, and he sends it to you three times. I mean, my first thought is, oh my, what am I walking into that is going to need three times the strength and three times the courage? And we all know Joshua was moving into a challenging leadership situation. You know, so that was my first thought. But another way to look at this is that God was simply reminding Joshua to be who he already was. So Joshua was a warrior. He had served Moses for over 40 years he was already known as a valiant, strong, and courageous warrior. You know, when two people went in to spy the promised land 40 years ago, Joshua was one of those two people. And remember, he came back with confidence saying, let's go. 
you know, God will deliver these people into our hands. Let's go take the promised land God has given us. So Joshua was strong and courageous 40 years ago. You know, so for me, I've never been to battle. Someone saying to me, be strong and courageous as I march into war might be terrifying. But for Joshua, the Lord saying, be strong and courageous, and also saying only be strong and courageous may have been motivational. You know, he was saying to Joshua, you don't need to be a minister or prophet like some of your predecessors. No, be who I created you to be. God tells him to only be strong and courageous and he will give him the victory. And the reminder for me in this is that God's not going to ask us for what he hasn't already given us and prepared us to do. God was telling Joshua to go be who he had already made and prepared him to be. This wasn't Joshua's first battle. A warrior was who Joshua was. You know, and I was I was thinking about this. I was in a leadership class one time and they asked us to make a tick mark throughout the class for every time we compared ourselves to someone else in our mind. You know, so every time we said, I wish I could speak like that person or I wish I had that person's education or any other comparison we made of ourselves to others and then saw ourselves in a negative light. And can I tell you, it was a lot of times in just that single class in a single day. And I think sometimes we focus so much on who we're not instead of focusing on who we are and who God made us to be. You know, recently I love ending some of my notes to other people or text messages, you know, go be great just like God made you. Meaning go and be and do exactly who God has made you to be and do exactly what God has called you to do. So one lesson we can take from the advice that God gave Joshua was certainly that we'll need strength and courage, but also... God is going to ask from us what he's already put in for it put into us. You know, and he's not going to ask us for what we don't already have. So when God asks you for it, he's already prepared you for it or he's going to provide for you in the moment so we can be confident in doing it. All right? So that's the first one. We have to be who God called us to be. Our second lesson from the second lesson from this passage of Joshua is to do it all. A L L all. Verse 7 says, only be strong and very courageous and be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have success wherever you go. So if we want to have success, we have to do it all. If we want success, do it all. The word said to do all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. And all the law didn't just mean the Ten Commandments. You know, if we look at the ceremonial laws, um, the laws about eating, there are probably over 600 instructions that encompass the law. But, you know, like we like to do with God's directives, we like to pick and choose. So we're all in on one of them, you know, because that one or those particular ones align with our thinking, our desires. So I'm not saying it's easy to do them, but it's easier, you know, but there are some things God asks us to do that are more difficult. They're difficult for us personally because of who we are. They require more sacrifice, more submission. You know, the word says we're tempted by our own evil desires. So something about who we are, our flesh will resist some of the things of God. And those things are different for all of us. You know, for me, I know one thing has been getting up early in the morning. You know, what is it for you? Um, God's not going to move our blessings. Instead, we have to move ourselves into the right position by doing all the things he's called us to do. 
So I'm asking you today, are there things that you have left undone? Are there things you know God has told you to do that you have left undone? Are there habits, you know, God has told you to adopt that you have yet to adopt? Are there people God has told you to reconcile with or to contact that you have yet to contact? You know, I I mentioned one thing for me has been getting up early in the morning. And God told me a couple years ago that I need to get up early so I can work out, pray, read, and really start my morning on a positive note with him. And can I tell y'all, that has been a struggle. Um, There was a time when I loved sleep so much. It's what I look forward to most on the weekend, right? It was like my favorite weekend activity. And oh my, don't even try to come between me and my Sunday after church nap. My family, my friends, I mean, that wasn't happening. And oftentimes God is going to ask us to sacrifice the thing that we love the most, right? Think about Abraham and Isaac. It's not because he's trying to punish us, but he's trying to, you know, test our hearts so that we know who has first priority, what has first priority, um, and so that we can get our priorities in order, right? But so that getting up early was really tough for me. But I'm going to tell you, slowly and surely, I've been stepping away from that habit. Um, I actually started getting headaches from taking a nap during the day. I'm not even kidding you. Um, (laughs) Then I joined a community group that met on Sunday afternoon. So God was helping me along the way. So the naps went away first. And uh, by the way, I'm not saying naps are bad. I'm just telling you what he told me to do. It may be different for you. You know, you might be someone who works too much. And so God's telling you to go to bed and take a nap. I don't know. Like we have to be very specific on what God has called you to do. But God was telling me to get up early in the morning. And so now I get up early and study most mornings. Um, Not yet all, but definitely most, almost all. And I'm moving towards all. And there is success in the all. There are some things in God that I, you, we are just not going to obtain until we do what he's told us to do. So, you know, I was thinking about this. Why is all so important? That word is in this passage a few times. Um, So why is all so important? You know, the word says don't turn to the left or the right, meaning there's a set path and there's a way that we are to walk. The Bible says wide is the gate that leads to destruction, but we are supposed to take the narrow gate that leads to life that only a few will find. And I'm sure a lot of us don't like to hear that. You know, narrow sounds restrictive. We all want freedom to do it our way. And the reality is we do have the freedom to do it our way. It's just our way isn't the right way. (laughs) And it's not going to work the way it should. And we won't have the same level of godly success by doing it our way versus God's way. It's almost like we're taking a test and God is giving us the right answers. You know, he said that doing it his way will bring success wherever we go. But no, we don't want the answers. We want to figure it out on our own. You know, it's like, what are we thinking? We are so finite. We can't even predict tomorrow. Why would we want to trust our ways when our father, our creator, you know, the one who loves our soul has given us the answers. He already told us there are choices that bring life and choices that bring death. And then he told us, choose life. But I think sometimes it's hard to do it his way because, you know, our little brains just can't understand it. So we make it more complex than it needs to be, or at least I do. You know, for example, pushing back the covers and getting out of bed early in the morning seems ludicrous to my brain. I mean, I don't have to be at work at that time. I'm still sleepy. 
my bed sleeps real good. You know, I got one of those foam mattresses and oh my, um, but I digress, but it's, it's my bed sleeps well. And to me, in my mind, getting up when I could be sleeping seems ridiculous. You know, but oftentimes God is getting us ready. He's doing it because where we're going, he knows we're going to need that level of preparation, discipline, fruit, habit in our lives to sustain where we're going. You know, I was looking at this and thinking about this the other day. Tall trees have very deep or wide roots for a reason. You need something stable to sustain that level of growth, that level of promotion, I was listening to Kelly Lane the other day. You all know I love her. I don't know her, but I love her ministry. And, you know, she was saying that one of the worst things is when you see people who obtain great heights in their profession or lives, but then don't have the character to sustain it. You know, you can get really high and then fall from grace and have to start all over because you don't have the character. The habits didn't fully develop. So when success came, the weight of the tree, you know, the roots couldn't sustain it. So in this passage, God says, don't turn to the left or to the right. And later in Isaiah, the word says that if we do turn right or left, we will hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. But if we don't have regular habits of spending time with God, like Jesus who went away often to spend time with God, how will we even hear his voice saying, this is the way, walk in it? You know, we could be all off the path in a whole different forest and have no clue. And that can't be us. As kingdom leaders, that can't be us. So we can't fool ourselves into thinking that we can do a portion of what God has called us to do. Now, of course, we have Jesus Christ, so we have grace. You know, meaning Joyce Meyer said this, and I'm paraphrasing, but when we do what he's called us to do, God is glorified. When we mess up and miss it, our Savior Jesus already paid the price. So I'm not saying that not doing something condemns us. No, it does not. If we've given our life to Christ, we're saved by the blood of Jesus, period, the end. So this is not about our salvation. But if we want to be kingdom leaders in the earth realm, you know, if we want to live the life God has called us to live, if we want to accomplish great things as Joshua did for the kingdom, we have to be prepared to do it all, not to turn left, not to turn right. And when we do mess up and turn right or left, that we're sensitive enough to the leading of the Holy Spirit and the leading of God who's going to tell us this is the way, walk in it. And I really, I experienced this with this radio show, actually this particular episode. So I'd done the first several episodes and was loving them. Um, I would typically study on Saturday mornings and the Holy Spirit would just reveal things to me. I mean, I typically had so much content that I had to cut it back for every show. Um, but I'll tell you, as I was getting ready for this show, it wasn't that easy. I sat in, I sat in front of my computer several times and really got nothing or almost nothing or, or nothing that I felt, you know, compelled or was Holy Spirit led. And I mentioned to you all earlier that God had already spoken to me about getting up early in the morning. And you know when the Holy Spirit spoke to me again? One early weekday morning at 5 a.m. So I encourage you, we have to do it all. Everything is connected in God. You never know what you know, how one thing that we're avoiding may actually unlock other areas of our lives. So let's make a pact. We're going to do what God has called us to do together and immediately. You know, so before the next show, I want you to write me and let me know what you did that God had already told you to do. We don't have any time for delay. As kingdom leaders, we have to be after and about the things of God. 
He has to be able to trust us to do what he's called us to do, and we're going to do it for real. So write me and let me know what you get done. It'll be for his glory, for your benefit, and the benefit of those you serve and those you love. So that's point two. We have to do it all. Point three is to have success wherever we go. We have to meditate on the word. And I know we use the word meditate a lot in meditation, but I just want to spend a few minutes talking about what it really means. Um, So let's read in verse 8. So Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, God is speaking and he says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all, there's that word again, all, that is written in it. For then, so it's conditional, For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success, right? So it's an if-then statement. If the word, the book of the law does not depart from our mouth, if you meditate on it day and night, if you do all that is written in it, then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. So my question for us is, are we meditating on the word? To meditate in the Bible means to speak or to utter, And when we're speaking from the heart, it's called meditation. So meditating on the word day and night is speaking the word to ourselves throughout the day and throughout the night. So this makes sense to me in terms of how Joshua was able to meditate on the word day and night. You know, if we thought about meditation as being in a quiet room with no one around and just, you know, thinking about God's word, I I was having trouble thinking about how Joshua was going to do that while he was at war. But if you think of it as speaking the word to yourself and to others day and night, now I understand how he was able to do that and be at battle. You know, so all throughout his battles, he was able to remind himself that the word of the word God had given him, of his instructions, of his victory. And I can imagine Joshua reciting it as he goes into battle, instructing his men with it. You know, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble. Do not be dismayed. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I, you know, I can see that meditation, that reciting, that speaking on it day and night. You know, Matthew Henry, who's a Bible commentator, noted that Joshua was instructed to meditate on the word during war. You know, so if ever someone had, might have had an excuse because of their duty to God and others, you know, a war in God's name may have been it. But in reality. War is probably when you need the word the most, right? We were in Bible study the other night, and we had the best discussion about how to overcome anxiety and fear. And one of our members said that they had memorized five scriptures. And I remember pastor saying that, you know, they had that good five and made a fist to represent it. And he was sharing that all of God is in every word of God, meaning that every word of God shows us the reality of who he is. So even if I memorize one scripture right now, and that scripture, you know, maybe it's I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know how many situations that can cover in a day? This is what we were talking about in Bible study. If every time I'm met with resistance or depression or loneliness or needing to encourage someone else, I can remind myself and say to myself, meditate, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can say it to someone else. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. I mean, we're going to be all right. You know, so whether we have a good five, a good one, a good 25, a good 500, studying the word, increasing our understanding of the word is essential so that we can 
meditate on it, meaning speak his word day and night. We can speak it to ourselves and we can speak it to others. So I ask you, what are you saying to yourself throughout the day and night? Are you speaking worry to yourself? Are you speaking negativity or failure or fear to yourself? You know, are you saying, I'm not sure what's going to happen with this or that? I'm not good enough for this. I wish I was more like so-and-so. You know, what are you thinking about? And can you say that what you're thinking about most is the word of God? And if not, can you choose one verse, one passage to remind yourself of today and tomorrow or even for the next week that will encourage yourself, it'll encourage others? Um, You can use it to encourage your family, your children, your friends. You know, that one, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me is a powerful verse. And so that's how we're able to do it all. That's how we're able to not turn to the left and right. And by doing that, like Joshua, we'll have success wherever we go. So our three keys from today's message are back to the basics. One, we're going to be who God called us to be. We're not going to try to be other people. We're not going to try to do it the way God is trying to work through other people. We're going to do it the way God has called us to do it. Two, we're going to do it all. A-L-L. We're going to do all that God has called us to do. So on that list of things God has already told you to do, if there's one or two undone, those are the ones we're going to get done and we're going to get them done immediately. And then three, we're going to speak God's word to ourselves day and night. That's what it means to meditate on it. We're going to speak it to ourselves, remind ourselves of it day and night so that we, like Joshua, will have success wherever we go. The word says that goodness and mercy follow us, meaning that as we do what God calls us to do, the blessings are following us wherever we go. We don't have to chase them. They're going to chase us. So let's do it. Let's do all that God has called us to be. Be all that God has called us to be. Do all that God has called us to do and speak God's word day and night. Well, I hope that blessed you. Uh, Before we leave, I want to answer a question of the day. And earlier, we talked about not comparing ourselves to others, but simply being who God called us to be. So the question of today is, how do I stop comparing myself to others? How do I stop comparing myself to others? You know, it is so easy to spend so much time comparing ourselves, our lives, our mates, our children, our businesses, you know, our positions in a company, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to other people. And most of the time, it's just so unhelpful. You know, it can get us into negative thinking or a complaining position, and it's just not helpful. God has made each of us unique for a reason. Now, you know, I don't mean we can't learn from others or even celebrate others. Of course we can and we should. The word says give honor where honor is due. But we don't want to waste our effort and our energy and our time comparing ourselves to others or somehow making ourselves feel bad by comparing what we've accomplished to what someone else has accomplished. So I found two things that helped me in this area. First, number one is I have to be intentional about my own life. Um, I teach a class on personal productivity, and in our team's research uh, for that class, we learned that 30 minutes of planning each week And 10 minutes of planning each day can dramatically improve your ability to accomplish what's most important to you in your life. So 30 minutes a week, 10 minutes every morning 
can, you know, dramatically improve your likelihood of accomplishing what's most important to you. And the planning also gives you weekly and daily goals that you're working to accomplish. So as you go about your day, you're very intentional with your time, with your efforts, um, with your energy. And I found that when I'm being intentional about my own life, I'm not as distracted by other people's lives. You know, so at the end of the day, I'm reflecting back on what I hope to accomplish, what God told me to do, not what I accomplished in comparison to someone else. So my first tip about not comparing ourselves to other people is to be intentional in planning your own weeks and days. Now, God can change those plans at any moment. And I pray that he does as he sees fit. But we can be intentional with what information and wisdom he's already given us. So if you don't have a weekly planning time for 30 minutes, a daily planning time for 10 minutes, I encourage you to put those in place and watch how those can direct your thoughts. You know, that can also be the place where you pick the scripture that you're going to meditate on for that week or that day. Um, And that can be the place to help direct your thoughts so you're not as distracted by what other people may or may not be doing. So that's the first tip. And then the second thing that has helped me, you know, not compare myself to others so much is having something I'm always working on doing or being better in in my own life. So in my alone time with God or relationship with other people, God has shown me a number of things I can do better. How about you? Um, I mentioned working out, you know, healthier eating, getting up early. And over the years, I've worked on and thankfully grown in a number of areas, um, you know, giving my opinion less when it's not needed. Uh, I just started to learn photography, which I'm excited about. Um, One time I was focused on spending more time with my friends and real conversations, you know, so I could be of greater support to my friends and family. Um, You know, starting a women's Bible study was one focus area. The list goes on and on. And God will give you your own list of things that he'd like to see you do and be. Um, But I've just found that when I'm focusing on improving in some way, it keeps me focused on my own behavior. So I encourage you today, you know, live life intentionally. Have a daily planning time, have a weekly planning time, and have some things you're working on, either doing or being better, um, because it will help you focus your energy, focus your attention, and it'll really help to remove the distractions that can come in trying to compare ourselves to others. So I hope that encouraged you today. God created you purposefully and intentionally. The Word says we're all beautifully and wonderfully made. We can only be great when we are being ourselves because that's who God created us to be. And by the way, it's a lot more fun that way anyway. So thank you all so much for joining today. God loves you. You are the crown of his creation and he desires that you and all of us be saved, meaning that you turn the life he has given you back over to him, that you accept Jesus Christ as your savior and your Lord, and that you have the peace, you know, the peace of mind in knowing that he will never leave you. He will never forget about you. He will never neglect you and that you will be with him now and with him in heaven whenever you leave this earth. So if you haven't given your life to Christ, now is the time. Today is the day. He's waiting on you. I love you. Other people can love you, but no one can love you like God loves you. He sent his son to earth and allowed him to die on a cross and be raised from the dead just so you I and every person across time could be saved. So if you want to give your life to Christ now, and I pray that you do, pray this prayer with me. And if you're already saved, pray it again, just to remind yourself of the eternal, beautiful, perfect gift that we have 
and our Savior Jesus Christ. Romans 10 and 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I love how simple God makes life for us. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's say these words and pray this prayer of salvation together. God, I believe that your son Jesus is Lord. I believe in my heart that you raised him from the dead. And I thank you that his death was the perfect and all-sufficient sacrifice for my sins. I thank you for coming into my heart. I thank you for saving me. I love you and I acknowledge you as my Lord and my Savior. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, write us and let us know. We want to celebrate with you. The word said that the angels in heaven celebrate when one sinner repents. So we know the angels are celebrating and we celebrate with you. You can send me an email at agreen, A-G-R-E-E-N, at lifechangingfaith.com. Or you can visit the website, IamAKingdomLeader.com, to email us or submit a question for another show. Thank you so much for being with us. And please join us next time as we all learn and grow together into the kingdom leaders God has called us to be. I love you all. God loves you best. Be blessed. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership. And we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives Him glory, attracts others, and advances His kingdom. God bless you.